You're wonderful people. To all of our guests, we welcome you today. It's so awesome to have you at the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. And we pray that you have already been blessed by this anointed singing. And we pray that you will be blessed by the word. The Lord is certainly here to minister to you today. Psalms 23, verse 1, our familiar psalm, psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Feel free to read alone. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your word. Woo. My, my, what a mighty God. Everybody say, Lord. Help the preacher. Open my mind. Bless my heart. Help me obey. God bless you. You may be seated. We started this little series last Sunday talking about this incredible, powerful psalm. How that it is the most duplicated, rewritten, published talked about chapter in the entire Word of God. There's something about Psalms 23 that you can't help but feel loved when you read it. You can't help but get excited when you read it. It's like no matter how down you may be at that moment when you read Psalms 23, there's just something about it. It's got a way of lifting you up a little bit. Woo! We looked into it and, and so we just kind of found out that built into these six verses or eight of the twelve major compound names of Jehovah. We talked about the first one last Sunday when David said, The Lord is my shepherd. We know there that the word Jehovah, Rohai, means the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said that He was the good shepherd. And that the good shepherd gives His life for the sheep. We learned about this shepherd and how that the shepherd, our God, the shepherd of our soul, is a lover of us 
and desires that we live eternally with Him. He is our protector. He watches over us and He keeps us. As a shepherd, He protects us from the thief, the robber, the keeler, the liar, the devil. He leads us and guides us where we should go. He is there to stop us from going down the wrong path, to touch us, speak to us, gently nudge us. When things come our way that are difficult to comprehend, understand, when life gives you a blow that's hard to get up from, the shepherd is there to pick you up to carry you back to the foe, to love you, to tend to you until you get better. He's our shepherd. He loves us. Can you love him right now? Let's just praise him for a moment. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. When the little sheep get wounded and hurt, the shepherd doesn't kill it and eat it for lunch. The shepherd takes it back to the fold, bandage up the wounds. We found out that he takes it close to him when the sheep's not doing well. He'll let, if the sheep can't, can't follow along with the flock the way it should, he'll carry that little sheep and he'll make sure that no harm comes to it. He'll, he'll bandage up the wounds and help whatever he's got to do till you get better. I'm here to tell you, the devil would like for you to believe that God is a condemner, but I'm here to tell you, God is a lover. He is a lover of your soul. He is not here today to condemn you. He may convict you, but He will not condemn you. If you are hurting in your heart, He's here to hear. He is here to heal that heart. If you're hurting in your mind, He'll come and bring you understanding. If you're having difficulty in life, He will become your comforter. He's here to bless you and help you and lift you up and strengthen you. Oh, come on, we've experienced this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. When we mess up, when we get weak, when things have a tendency to go wrong, God don't cast us aside. That's when we feel Him closer than we've ever felt Him before. Why? He brings us into His bosom. He loves us. He cares for us. He tends to us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we love Him one more time? Praise His name. He's our shepherd, and he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be strong. He wants to teach us how to walk in a world of wolves and to be wise, but yet be full of love and compassion. He's our shepherd. David continued on in verse number 1. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he added, I shall not want. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my 
provider. David had an incredible revelation. And this is something, this is why the first part is so important. You must see God as your shepherd or you will not be able to comprehend his desire to provide for you, to care for you, to watch over you, to make sure you have everything that you need in this walk with God upon this earth. I must first have that revelation that he is indeed my shepherd. He is the lover of my soul. And when I get that revelation, then I will know in my heart, no matter what the need is, no matter what the trouble is, no matter the circumstances, I've got a God that will provide what I need come on clap your hands to the Lord somebody needs to get a hold of this today you need to receive this he is your Jehovah Jireh he is your provider my 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 some of us find ourselves in a difficult situation it might not be money you need provided it might be strength it might just be encouragement it could be a lot of different things but God is your provider Quit letting that devil tell you that God has forsaken you. That God is against you. The shepherd doesn't forsake his sheep. Jesus said it is, it is a hireling that forsakes the sheep when the wolf shows up. But the shepherd will give his life. If anybody understood that, it would have been David. When a lion came against his sheep, he didn't run. He stood for his life. When a bear came, he didn't flee. He didn't leave them. He didn't forsake them. He fought that bear because the shepherd will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You will never be alone. He will never cast you off. He will never deny you. Hallelujah. Somebody tell the devil to shut up. Come on, tell him to shut up. He's nothing but a liar. He's nothing but a liar. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. God said, I love you. God said, I'm with you. God said, I'll protect you. God said, I'm your shepherd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let this get a hold of you. Some of you are in a hard place. You don't know where to go, which way to turn. You don't know how it's going to turn out. I've come to tell you, God's going to take care of you. God's going to watch over you. God is your provider. Glory. Glory. Somebody shout, God is my provider. Let that get in your heart. I want to tell you, when you look at the foundation of where this came from, 
with the name Jehovah Jah Jahira, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, was introduced to me and you. The first time we ever heard it, the first time we ever received it, the first time we ever knew about it. It's an amazing situation. God comes to Abraham in the middle of the night. He says, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son you love, Isaac. I want you to take him. Now, he already had Ishmael, but Ishmael was a child of the flesh. Isaac was a child of promise. He said, I want you to take Isaac, and I want you to go to the mount where I show you. Later, we find out that's Mount Moriah. And he says, there, I want you to sacrifice the child to me. That was not an easy thing to do. Abraham was 99 years old when Isaac was born. Isaac is now, we don't really know, but it looks like he's probably somewhere around 17. But maybe, maybe a little younger than that, maybe a little older. It's, it's difficult to tell by the passages of the word. And, and, but he was of age and he was old enough to look at his dad and say, hey. I see the wood. I see the fire. But I'm having a tough time finding this little lamb we're going to sacrifice. Somewheres down in the history of Abraham's life, he had already learned God was the provider. And that he provides at his timing, at his moment, and he does it right. We know his story. Married to Sarah, couldn't have a couldn't have a baby or Sarah at the time couldn't have a couldn't have a child. And, and no matter what they tried, they they tried mandrakes. No idea what that is, but it was popular back then. They tried mandrakes. They they probably tried a few other herbs. They probably tried it all, but nothing nothing worked. Nothing would happen. A womb would not open up. But when God was ready, he came to Abraham again. And he says, I want to tell you, according to the span of life, meaning the time of a baby in the womb of a mother, he said, Sarah, Sarai will no longer be called Sarai. She would be called Sarah. And you will no longer be called Abram. You will be called Abraham. Because I will provide what I promised you I was going to give you. First of all, Abraham, I wanted you to understand something. When I make a promise, I am not interested in you trying to fulfill it. I'm not interested in you trying to make it come to pass. All I want you to do is trust me and walk with me. And when I am ready, I will bring my promise to pass. Now that is when you truly get the revelation and the understanding that he is indeed our provider. Because we seek for things, we want things, we desire things, we cry out for things. God even puts things in our heart and we get on our knees and we begin to cry out. And we sometimes think it's our own thought, but it's not. It's God put it in there. But when it doesn't come to pass, we try to manipulate things and fix things and do things and make things happen. And we mess up everything and we just end up with an Ishmael. That torments us for the rest of our life. God got ready. He did it. Anybody understood Jehovah Jireh, the provider? It was Abraham. 
And God was ready to bring it to pass. He brought it to pass. Sarah, Sarah, yeah, becomes Sarah. She gives birth to Isaac. He is born. Years go by. And oh, no, you can only imagine. Because by this time, Isaac wasn't really Abraham's son. He was his great-grandson. He was 117 years old. I'm 57. I got a grandkid. She's the smartest kid on the planet. She's the most beautiful child on the planet. There's nobody like her. You should meet her someday. She'll change your life. She changed mine the day I met her. Everything changed. So you can only imagine 117 years old. Abraham had that little Isaac on his knee. It was more than just a son. There was, there was a connection there that nobody could ever break. There was a bond. This wasn't just a child that came through the natural functions of a man and a woman getting together. No, sir. This was a child that came straight from heaven. This was a miracle child. There was something special about this boy. His bond to Isaac went beyond just out of the bond of a father and a son, although that is incredibly powerful. It, it went beyond that. It was a relationship. He was an answer. Every time he looked at Isaac, he saw the love of the father. Every time he looked at Isaac, he saw a God that could provide. Every time he looked at Isaac, he saw a God that could do anything. I want to tell you, Isaac was everything to him. And one night, one day in the middle of the night, God says, take Isaac and bring him and sacrifice him. This, friend, is where Jehovah Jireh comes in. see the wood I see the fire but where's the lamb out of faith Abraham says uh, uh, the Lord shall provide himself uh, a lamb a sacrifice uh, the Lord will do it uh, Isaac it's up to me and you just to obey I want to tell you that was the most difficult steps uh, that man had ever taken it, every time he went a little higher on that mount uh, it ripped something out of him he went a little higher and it ripped something else out of him he went a little higher and it ripped something else he got all the way up to the top still nothing there oh God I can't believe you're going to make me go through with this but then he ties him up puts him on the altar the miracle another miracle and all of that we'll talk about later is that Isaac didn't beat the old man up I'm not so sure I'd have let my dad tie me up stick me on a stack of wood Walk over and get a flaming fire. Pull a knife out of his side. About to slit my throat and take my life. His hand goes up in the air. A voice cries out from heaven. Amen. Watch me. Abraham. Now. I. No. <laughs> or probably more true, Abraham, now you know that no matter how much you love it, there is nothing on this earth that you will not give up for me. I'm talking about provision. Listen, Abraham. 
perk up your ears, Abraham. What do you hear? I hear a rustle over in the thicket. I look over there what it is. It's a ram. It's caught in the thicket. Hurry up, Abraham. Cut those ropes off of Isaac. Get Isaac off of that altar. I am Jehovah Jireh. I have provided. Now, I want us to listen and understand where the foundation of our provider came from. It came from a man that was willing to sacrifice the thing that he loved the most. It is in the middle of an obedient, sacrificial life that your provider will never fail you and he will always show up for you and he will always be there for you and yes he may let you go through some things that every step you take it just rips something out of you I don't know if I can take another step in this situation. I don't know if I can bear another day of what's going on. But God knows you can. God knows you can. And he gives you that help. That shepherd reaches down and gets your leg, moves it out. Come on, Abraham. You can get up that mountain. Come on. I know you can do it. I'm with you, Abraham. I'm your shepherd. I'll never leave you. I'll walk through the valley with you. I'll go through troubled times with you. I'll go wherever you go. But what moves God from Jehovah Raha, the Lord my shepherd, into Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, is the completion of obedience from his request. Abraham. Abraham did not see that ram halfway up. God didn't give that provision when he got to the edge of the mountain while he was on his way up. That thing didn't show up until Abraham had completed 100% what God had asked him to do. The beautiful part about it is as Jehovah Jireh as Jehovah Raha, God never left him. God never forsook him. God walked with him through every step of the way. All of the pain and the heartache and the trouble. All of the doubts. All of the confusion. Everything that life can bring to us. God stepped with him. Now in the middle of something that God is pulling out. A request that God had made. He's walking with him. He remained his shepherd. But the moment he fulfilled his obedience. He became his provider. I've been asking the Lord 
or such and such. <laughs> a new job. I hate those people. I mean, um, I don't like them very much. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. But here's what you forgot. It's a couple of years earlier, you asked for a job. God gave you one. And now you hate it. Because you weren't expecting to have to walk up Mount Moriah in order to keep this job. You're saying, I don't understand it. God gave me that one. Why won't God give me another one? Because you have not completed your obedience. You're still in the middle of your trial. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Why won't God give me another husband? Kill the one I got. Give me another one. Y'all laughing because it's real. I go to sleep with one eye open. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And not about the rest of you. I'm just kidding about me. We ask, we ask for God to do certain things in our life, but what we have missed is that God put us in the middle of this situation. There is an obedience that He is requiring out of us. When am I going to get the new job? When you learn to love the people on the one you have now. When am, I going to, when am I going to get a raise? When you learn to pay tithe and give offering on the money you've got now. When am I going to get healed? When you learn to praise your God and accept your state that you are in and be content and love Him. Walk up that mountain. 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 Come on, somebody. Stay obedient. Stay. Hold tight. Your provider's on the way. The moment you fulfill what he's called you to do, there will be a realm in the thicket. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise. That's right. Daniel prayed three times a day. And when the king wrote a law on 
made prayer to anyone except for him punishable, punishable by death. The Bible says, Daniel, knowing the decree was written, went to his window. And I love the way the Bible puts this in here, which was already opened. <laughs> it was every day for him. There wasn't no breaking the old paint seal off the window. There wasn't no getting a hammer and knocking the frame of the window loose from the swelling of the mold because he hadn't opened it in months. No, it was already open. He went to his open window and he prayed. And the little devils down at the bottom watching reported to the king. The king takes him. Listen, God can do anything. When those three men were standing, brought Daniel before the king, and those three men were there accusing Daniel, God could have smote them right there on the spot. I'm pretty sure the king would have went, whoa. How many windows you want, bro? We'll fill your house with windows. You want to pray? Pray. No, no, no. This wasn't about making the king fear God. This was about the command given to Daniel that he was fulfilling. And he was taken and he was cast into a den of hungry, thirsty lions. And I know they were hungry because they ate all the other people up when they were thrown in there. The three, the three snitches and their wives and their children ate them up. Because the lions were obedient, they got a better meal than Daniel. <laughs> That's probably not a point that God was trying to make. But it works. Daniel's in there. The lions, no doubt, make the, the Bible says... God provided his need. Sent an angel. Shut the mouths of these lions. He wouldn't even let them roar. Because when they roar, that's like that old victory sign of got my meal. And they roar for different reasons, but that's one of them. And shut their mouth. Wouldn't even let them make a sound. Daniel's Jehovah Jireh showed up when he completed the task that was before him. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I am here to tell you that your shepherd has not left you. He is with you. Just hold on. Just complete, continue to walk. But I don't, I don't know what the end is. I, 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 neither did Abraham. Neither did Daniel. Neither did any of these men know what the end would be. So what did they do? They just kept 
doing what they were asked to do. They just kept loving their enemy. They just kept praying for those that, that abuses them. They prayed for their co-workers that backstab them. They prayed for their neighbors that hate them. They do good to them. That do bad to them. They just kept doing what God said for us to do. And God will know when you reach the top of your Mount Moriah. God will know when you're in your lion's den. And God will provide. And it will be miraculous. And it will be powerful. And everybody will know it was God. Somebody shout, God is my provider. Worship him for a moment. <laughs> Tells Elijah, stop the rain. Stops the rain. He says, don't worry, bro, I'm going to take care of you. I'll take care of you. He said, go by this brook over here. Stay there. I'll hide you. You can, you can have your little water there. Elijah gets a little hungry the next day. Lo and behold, here comes a raven. Medium rare filet mignon. Right off the enemy's fire, two miles as the bird, as the raven flies. And that hiss swooped right down, grabbed that meat right off that fire. They threw sticks at it. Right down to Elijah. Had something to eat. God took care of him. But the Bible says, watch me now. I'm going to close in a moment. I, I just barely touched the surface, but I can tell when I'm starting to lose you just a little bit. The word says, the brook dried up. And the raven stopped flying. Now, wait a minute. Elijah was right in the middle of the will of God. He went out of the will of God. He did exactly what God asked him to do. Rain stopped. Now the king's army and everybody in, in the kingdom are trying to find this guy because they think killing him will bring, will bring the rain back. Right in the middle of being in the will of God, everything dries up. And then the Lord says, it's okay. I'm going to provide for you. There's a lady. That is a beautiful baby. Did I dedicate him? Just a couple weeks ago, right? I remember his hair. He said, I'm going to take care of you. He said, I'm going to send you to a lady. Now, you know how we are. I can see old Elijah. Whew, good. Because I'm tired of this old muddy water and this creek. 
Oh, you better hear me. Because this is how we treat God's provision. It don't take us long to get tired of manna. It don't take us long to get tired of what God is providing for us. Because we got our eyes on the Joneses. Excuse me, Sister Jones. We got our eyes on the neighbor. We got our eyes on one of our brothers that drives up in their nice little Lexus. And you driving your Ford Taurus 1978. Pinto, hatchback. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, our, that's my era. That's before you, man. That's your and you. Oh, yeah. My sister had one of those, navy, baby blue. They'll kill you. They had to get rid of them. You know how we are. We get tired of manna real quick. And uh, tired of this old, this old dirty creek and that meat. He went from... He went from filet mignon, I think last time it was, what they, what they call that stuff you got to cook for a long time? Brisket. Brought me some, some what? Flank? Man, I'm going, he's going to send me to a lady. She's probably the queen of Israel. She's, I can see it now. I'm looking for that mansion. Oh, I'm going to eat tonight. The Lord has finally come. I've been obedient. I'm in the middle of the will of God. I've been so obedient to him. He's delivering me out of this thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all woke up before feeling the same thing. Today's the day of my deliverance. The evangelist comes through. Lays his hands on you. God sees you. Your deliverance is coming. He didn't give you a time. He just said it's on its way. <laughs> we're waiting. Sister, we're waiting for it. Oh, yeah. Sister Carol, we, you know, we think it's coming, right? So he's all excited. He's walking down the old dirt road, and, and he passes this one path, and then he comes up, and there's this little old lady in rags, filthy, dirty, no water to clean with, no nothing. She walks out. She's in her yard. She's found a stick, and she's looking around for another stick, and she reaches down, and she finds a second stick, and she's, the Bible tells us that she's going to go in, and she's going to bake a little, a little cake with a little meal and oil she's got left. Her and her son are going to eat it, and they're going to die. And this is what Elijah came upon. And he was about to pass her by. Who in the world would ever think that was going to be my provision? How out of that could God ever deliver me? How out of that could I ever find what I believe God is going to give me in my life? And when he's about to walk by, God said, whoa, wait a minute. That's the woman that I have spoken to you about. Now listen to me. I'm going to tell you why Elijah got his deliverance. Because when God said that's the woman, he got over himself and said, okay. God if this is the path if this is the plan if this is the way if this is what you've chosen then this is what it's going to be and some of us we get discouraged because we're in the middle of the will of God 
we're obeying God and the provision that he was giving us it dries up but a promise comes and so we think alright this is going to be deliverance and we find ourselves right back in another situation that we cannot dream or figure out how we're possibly going to get out of it and God is saying just stay with it be a part of it don't quit don't give up your provider is here I am your God I will deliver I will provide Woo! His, I'm going to try to close his word says he said if you give it shall be given yeah we had a couple in the church I won't name them we had a building fund a billion years ago we were saying, we're in one now, but this was the first one, way back on Forest Hill. And there was a family in the church. They had been saving money. They had saved up $20,000 for a down payment on a house. They were going to build a home. And we had made this big push for the building fund. And him and his wife got together. And they went in, and they took that money. And uh, uh, they gave it to the church uh, towards, you know, towards the building fund. And so... You would just expect the windows of heaven to open and all the blessings of God to flow and the trumpets to blow and the angels of God to float around and a couple of angels to go down and start building that house for them. You know, not just cost them anything. No, you know what happened? Their business went under. They started struggling. Finally, they recuperated a little bit. Struggle. Year. Second year. Third year. I think it was, I may be wrong on this. They'll correct me, but it could be four years or five years later until finally things just kind of looked a little better and a buyer came along and bought their business for a half a million dollars. They took it and they, and they reinvested. They gave more money to the church and everything went backwards again. They had bought land and, and they had built a house and things were looking good. He had started uh, an, an, another business and things were going great. They were faithful givers. In one year, they gave over $100,000 to global missions alone. They were givers to the house of God, walking in the will of God. And then everything started going disastrous again. And I don't want to give too many details here because you might guess who they are. But I want to tell you in the end, God has done an unbelievable miracle. And he has kept them and held them strong. The point is this. I don't know when you're going to get to the top of your Mariah. I don't know when you're going to be in your, in your lion's den. I don't know when you get to the end. But this I do know. If you don't keep climbing the mountain, you'll never see see the ram if you don't let them throw you in the lion's den you'll never see the miracle this I do know in order to get Jehovah Jireh you must stay in his will you must walk in the will of God let's stand music if you'll come what an incredible God we serve. You say, did he provide for Joseph? Oh, yeah. He provided him a pit. So he didn't get eaten by lions. And then he provided him a jail to keep him safe while he was preparing everything else. And then when God was ready, he provided him the ultimate promise in his life. You know, with the provision... 
of disobedience is? It's a whale. To swallow you. Because that's how much he loves you. That he will even provide for you in your disobedience. To try to get you back into his obedience. So that he can continue to provide for you. And be your Jehovah Jireh. The way he desires to be inside of your life. You know. God doesn't provide for me and you just to send us on a joy ride. He provided Moses a rod, and then he said, now go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. There was no joy in that. He gave David a sling. He said, now go down in that valley, and I want you to fight that giant. He gave Peter's the keys, and he said, one day they'll hang you upside down and crucify you till your blood runs out your ears. He gave Paul a thorn, and he said, this thorn will save you, and it will keep you in the times when you would want to be puffed up and exalted. God is our provider. And his ultimate provision is keeping me and you saved. His ultimate giving into my life and into your life is keeping me saved. And I am so thankful. And when I miss the path, he will give me things like whales to get me back where I need to be. He's just providing. You're here today and you have never been buried. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. I've got so much here, the Lord. This is so incredible. I want you to know that God provided Himself a lamb. In the midst of Abraham's greatest trial, out of his mouth came the greatest prophecy that the day will come when God will provide the world a redeemer. But I'm lost in sin. in darkness I can't find my way out God provided a light 
Jesus came. He was the light of the world. Then God provided a healer. He opened blind eyes and unstopped deaf ears. He caused the lame to walk. God provided a deliverer. Cast out devils, evil spirits. And last of all, God provided a redeemer. A redeemer that found this old boy one day while he was waddling in his sin. Because his word says, God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He provided our Redeemer. And that provision is here today. With every mind on God, every mind on God, if you will. Everybody just picturing your Savior, your Redeemer. I'm here to tell you, ma'am, sir, young man, young lady, that Christ died for you. He provided a way out. He provided a way out. But you don't know my family life. You don't know what I have to go back. I want to tell you that there are people in this church right now who have the most horrible family life. But God provided them a redeemer. And now they walk back home into the same situation. Nothing at home has changed, but everything inside of them has. Now they're able to face situations that they used to not be able to face. Walk through things they could never walk through. Overcome things they could never overcome. Because God provided them a helper. A redeemer. And a lover of their soul. I wonder today, this altar is open. I wonder, you know, we've probably asked God many times for different things and he's a loving God. No doubt he's provided many of those. Some he has not. The Bible says we receive not because we asked amiss to heap upon ourselves. But sometimes he has. He, he would provide. and He would take care of you because he's got his eyes on you. He's got his eyes on you, sir. Ma'am, he's been watching you. He loves you. He's been leading you. He's been guiding you. And he brought you here today. He brought you here today. 
because he wants you to know he's more than just a provider of your finances. He's more than just a provider of certain situations in your life. He's, he's more than just a provider of, of the everyday things. He is a provider for your soul. He is a provider for your soul. He has given his life upon Calvary. He has shed his blood for me and you. And he asked, would you come? Would you step out from where you are? And just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I need thee. Just come tell him. I need thee. Just come let him know. Come, come tell him. Every hour. I need thee. Come to him. Whoever you may be today, come to him. Come to him. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever your situation is, come to your provider. Come to the one. He'll give you strength to continue in your walk with him. He'll he'll give you strength to stay on this path. He'll give you strength to walk up that Walk up that mountain. Until you get to the top. There's a ram waiting. There's a ram waiting. He's got your answer. He's got your answer. He's your provider. Oh, yes, he is. He's your provider. Come, sir. Come, ma'am. Mom. Dad. Come. Come give your life to him. Come yield yourself. Come yield yourself to him. Find yourself in the middle of the will of God. He's your provider. Oh, you've been serving Him. You've been walking with Him. You don't understand all these things that are going on. Come talk to Him. Your provider. Come love him. Come love him with all your heart. Come love him with all your mind. He's got the answer to your dilemma. He's got the answer to your situation. 
the mountain. You got to carry your own wood. You got to bring your own fire. You got to sacrifice the thing you love the most. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. He is your provider. He's here for you. church come on it's been hard it's been tough my but just stay in it stay in the middle of the will of God stay in the middle of the will of God Stay in the middle of the will of God. Whatever it takes. That's where you're going to find your provision. That's where you're going to find your shepherd. That's where you're going to find your provider. 